Hey everyone, welcome once again to Podcast in Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the in-depth series of books by J.D. Robb. I am AJ. I'm Jen. And Tara is not with us today because she's... Um, She's, she had a meeting that she, she had, had a meeting to. that ran long out of, she, she's in Erie, Pennsylvania, to make a long story short, instead of home in Cleveland, Ohio. Traveling back home. Traveling she's back. in the car right now. Yeah. We tried to get her to call in, but, you yeah. know, I mean, I don't think she's going to do it. Yeah, <laughs> so it's fine. Um, so anyway, this is episode number 41 of Podcast in Death. And in this episode, we have a special guest. Um, our friend, author Judy Kentris is back with us. Yay! Yay. Thank, you for, thank you for inviting me back again. I love visiting you guys. Love yes, visiting. we love having you. Yeah, thank it's you. always fun to have you on. Thank you. Um, so before we start, um, though, I have a, I have a topic I want to bring up if that's okay. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, we've all, I, Judy, have you read Faithless? I'm assuming, but you're, you're busy, so. I've read all of the book, all of her books. The, the yeah, newest the one, one, Faithless oh, and yes. Death? Okay. Yeah. Yes. All right. And you see, our, I stopped writing the day that comes out. The yeah. world stops. Oh, and okay. Yeah, just like the rest of us. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, you know, a lot of the uh, criticisms of Faithless and Death mostly center around the fact that, you know, it's about a religious cult and people are angry that, you know, they think it's bashing Christians. And um, there have been a lot of uh, um, these reviews on Goodreads and on Amazon, you know, tired of the Christian bashing, quote unquote. And um, I saw one today <clears throat> and same thing. I mean, this this dude was saying, let me see what he what he says specifically. He's like, um, so his his review said the Christian bashing is a little too much for me. I'm not a religious person and I'm all for religious freedom. Just a little tired of this particular Christian stereotype being used. It's pretty boring. And uh, when I saw that, I was, you know, it, it started me thinking like, how do these people know specifically that this group is Christian? They shouldn't. No, never mentioned. No. So, no. So is it hitting too close to home for some people? I don't know. But I thought I would look. That's just so, the kind of Christian I am, and I don't recognize my faith in that cult. Right. No, so, absolutely, no absolutely not. No, yeah. no, no. And I'm a Christian. And I did not react to it that way at all. No. 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 Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. So, you know, anybody that's that listens to this show that is, is a Christian that gets the ebooks. I'm going to invite them to look at their Kindle or wherever you get your eBooks from and do a search. Cause I did a search, for example, for um, the word conservative, right. In this book, conservative, that word comes up exactly twice. Mm -hmm. Once when Eve is describing Gwen Huffman's parents. Okay. And once when Eve is describing Miriam Wilkie's suit that she was wearing. Those are the only okay. two times that it says conservative in that whole book. Okay. It's never right. once used to describe that cult. No. Um, the word Christian doesn't appear at all. At all. No. Nope. Anywhere in that book. Nope. Yeah. So that, that person just assumed. And in my opinion, Nora writes these books and it's her words, but the, the publisher has to be careful too of, is, is this gonna come over the way it should be? And if her books were offensive in any way, shape or form, I'm sure that they would bring it to her and say, no, somebody might be offended. Or, so that's what I'm saying. Those people brought it on themselves. They just yeah. assumed what she didn't say. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. I think that I think maybe it's hitting too close to home for some. And that's your problem. Yeah. That's not my Christianity. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it's a it's a them problem and it's not a Nora problem. No. No. Yeah. And and you would we all know how Nora would never 
And we know how she stands on this. She would never offend anybody. No, you know, not she, like that. Not oh, like no. that. No, 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 not like that. I mean, she would offend people. She doesn't yeah. care. Like, but, <laughs> no, but I mean, she would, <laughs> but not in that way. No. no. You would never attack anybody. You never. That's, yeah, I think that's a better way of putting it. Uh, attack. Right. You never attack a certain religious group or, right. um, you know, anything like that. She. No, that's never been her. That's never been her writing. That's never been exactly. her. No, no, no. Yeah. That's, that's not her as a person. I mean, yeah. she's very obviously liberal. She I mean, that she makes that very clear. She always has been. But um, yeah, she's never been one to. And like we said last week when we talked about this, I mean, look at the other side of the spectrum. She has a lot of good people of faith in her books as well. She's got Feeney and she's got, you know, Rourke's family and, you know. Right. So, yeah, it's not I, I think people are taking things too personally for no good reason. Yeah. So no, I agree. that it's hitting too close to home for them and maybe they need to rethink their faith. Yeah. Because that's not what Christianity looks like. It's not what it's supposed to be. And Jesus would not be okay with that. No. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought it was interesting that, you know, these people are making these assumptions, but those words aren't even used in the book. So I, you know, I don't know. It's weird. No. No. No, I think they're trying to read. They're obviously not. They're obviously reading something into the book that's not there. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think people get offended really easily when something hits too close to home, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I, as a writer, I have to be very, very, very careful what I say, how I say. Say it, yeah. And you guys know me, offending somebody would be the last thing yeah. in the world that I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in this particular, in my new historical romance, <clears throat> I have an Asian character. And when I wrote his dialogue, because I wrote this book, I started writing it about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. The <sighs> prejudice people, whatever, it wasn't as bad as it is today. And I wrote the character, how he would speak in maybe an, an old black and white movie. It's a pie, it's, it, it takes place on a clipper ship. He's a cook. And sure. I wrote the dialogue as I would think he would talk. Well, my editor is super amazing. She wrote the, um, the blog, the romance blog for USA Today. Okay. And since she's done all my books, she knows me. And she sent me a note and she said she had a problem with the way I wrote the dialogue because she thought somebody, someone might feel offended. So we changed the dialogue to make it acceptable. Good. To be, so no one would get hurt or feel offended. That's what I'm saying. That when, like when somebody said that about Nora, she's got a following all over the world. You know, yeah, and she would never do anything like this. You have to be careful what you say. Yeah, right. Again, my my dialogue's all changed, and it makes sense. And he's still a cute little uh, cook on a ship, and you know who he is. Yeah, but again, you've got to be really careful. So super careful. Yeah. So since we brought this up that's one of the reasons why we have you on because you just released a book. Okay. Yes. Saturday, right? Yeah. Yes. Well, I should answer that question. Saturday. And actually it was my birthday. But I, but I planned it that way. And right. um, it's called Spirit of the Winds. And it's about a launch of a new clipper ship. And it takes place in 1849, and I basically built my ship around the Flying Cloud, which was the design of a new clipper ship, and they're more streamlined so that they can go faster. And that was my the premise of my book. But they, because I can't do anything but write romantic suspense, which is what I love to do, there was a murder involved. 
But then again, you're thinking of the time period. Now, if I put Eve and Rourke on this ship and there's no running water, they have to wait till it rains. There's no, there's no electricity. If there's a murderer, he can't pull out his little gadget. Right. And as you say, I'm thinking all the things that they would not be able to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we've, and oh, there's no, there was no computers. Right. Um, let's see. Like, yeah, what's her uh, doing? Just twiddling his thumbs? And, there you know. wasn't even, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but there wasn't even, they really didn't have even um, fingerprint. Uh, there te- was nothing. Technology no. back then. No, I don't think that came about until the early 20th century. Right. The, there's a murder that happens at the beginning of the book. They have the weapon, but there's no way to track fingerprints. Mm-hmm. And they had a way. I'm going to look that up because now I'm curious. And look that I up. You, um, because I did have to do research. The, they, the home base for these people was Boston. Mm-hmm. And yes, they had a police department. And I needed a Pinkerton agent to help solve the, the murder. And they just started in 1850. So right. I was able to, and the ship got back to Boston from its maiden voyage um, in 18, by 1850. So I, I, was, I was able to use a Pinkerton agent. So again, whatever I put in there, you just can't say it. Readers are very intelligent, as we all know. Yeah. And if, and if I said that there was a Pinkerton agent in 1823, someone is smart enough to say, no, 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 no. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Right. And um, but as I say, um, when I was writing it, I'm thinking, how would Eve and Rourke solve the murder? With none of these electronic devices that, you know, that he gets better and better, you know, with uh, helping her with her job. But, you know, I had to rely on people. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's word of mouth. Right. And we will, I guess we all kind of forget that nowadays that somebody knows somebody and it's what you see and, um, but I will tell you, it was a lot, a lot of fun, a lot of fun to write the book. And at one point, I, yeah, I almost pulled out my cell phone and no such thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the girl, at one point, the girl is assaulted. You know, she's, a, she's, she's not hurt, but I'm just saying there's no police. She couldn't pull out her phone to call for help. You know, it was just... It was a challenge and I really enjoyed it. I really did. No, that's great. I mean, why did you, was there a reason why you decided to write a historical? You said you had started writing it a long time ago. So is that how you started writing? And then I put it away. I put it away. I did write contemporary in the beginning, but my daughter as a Girl Scout went to Boston and they were running. She, they went, you know, they went to the um, the Boston Tea Party Museum, um, museum, and then they had this. I forget the name of the sailing ship. I apologize, Boston. Yeah, I know what it is. It's I've been there. It's awesome. Right. So we went on that, yeah. and a writer's brain just clicks. And then I decided I want to write a, 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 a historical romance book. And I love the ship. I mean, I had to base it on something. So you when and actually I spent more hours in the library because I didn't have an up to date computer and there was no such thing as Google. Yeah. But now, um, see the Google thing. It just went off on my phone. Um, <laughs> Now with Google, I can just look for anything and everything. Right. And I just. No, Google, she doesn't need your help. She doesn't she need your help. When she needs your help. That I'm going to do a, a sequel to this book. 
mm-hmm. along with the other four that I have planned for next year. Wow. Girl. But um, as they say, I enjoyed it because I learned more about customs of people and my main character, Kaydell Layton, his mother was Polynesian and he grew up on an island. So I wanted to research his background. So I just, you know, I just, you get, you get so involved with your characters and you want to make them real mm-hmm. and you got to make them believable to, you know, to other people. Right. And uh, as I say, and then with Catherine, she was being brought up as a prim and proper young lady. But in my research, there was a magazine called Ladies, a Godies Ladies Book. Mm. And their editrix, Josepha Hale, was very, very modern. And she put it in print that women should come out from their shields of obedience and speak their mind. And when I read this, I said, that's my character. She just wants to be her. So she was basically modernized. Uh, you know, but again, she had to follow. She followed some of the rules. Mm-hmm. And um, they say I, that's how I developed it. So, again, research will lead you to where. You don't expect. Right. And I was able to find pictures and articles. Um, thank you, Google, uh, of, of Godey's Ladies Book. And you can actually buy reprints uh, from Amazon. Oh. Not that I bought any, but I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> right. It, it's all there. So um, that's why I say I just love doing it. And then I thought about this murder and how would Eve solve the murder? Sure. With, no, with no, none of the modern things. Right. Right. 1892 is the first time fingerprinting was used in a criminal investigation, by the way. 1892? Yes. Okay. But it does, oh. the actually, fingerprints being used to identify people, not in criminal matters, but just in other ways, dates back to ancient times. And yes, I did read that. Yeah. But nowadays, um, they go even in my uh, third U.S. Park Ranger book, I had a forensic odontologist. And yeah. they were they were used quite a bit in 9-11. Hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, they were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, again, my research just got deeper and deeper. And these guys are so cool. They go yeah. all over the world, especially like if there's um, um, a tsunami type situation and trying to identify people. Right. Right. You know, so I, I use that. But um, as they yeah, say, some of the ways they identified people from 9-11, it was just mind blowing. It was yeah. crazy. some of the stuff that they did. I was like, yes. Like, wow. Yes. Well, um, that's what I'm saying. Some of the things that, that Nora put in her books a long time ago, we kind of laughed at. What was it 30 years ago? Yeah. The things she used that they're using them now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And on the flip side of that, though, I always kind of laugh when, you know, you read older books in the series and there's things that are obviously already outdated. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, well, no, we don't use discs anymore. Everything's just, you know, push a button or yeah. like the what the the desk unit like Louise gets attacked with a desk unit. Yeah. Like, no, that wouldn't that, you know, no, we don't yeah, have it. But he's the work is expanded on droids. Um, And then they had a droid. They had a droid in the beginning. Oh, yeah. Right. Now, you know, but but that only happened in two years. Right. 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 Yeah. And we, you know, we honestly, we still have no idea how that damn auto chef works. We don't know. (laughs) Well, especially now. Like, yeah, now she throws a curveball in. Like, how are we transferring menus? What the hell? Yeah. I don't know. Right. But I mean, I'm still, again, uh, who fills it? I mean, even at the, even at, at, at headquarters, who's filling this auto chef? 
I now that she's eating decent work or Somerset has been filling her one at Central lately in one of the books. Pretty sure that's been mentioned, but I can't remember for sure. There might be a service that comes out. Maybe. Right. It's just Somerset. He's just popping in and filling the auto shop for her. <laughs> yeah, Maybe. but don't you think that if Somerset showed up, somebody would be saying, guess who was here? Yeah. Well, well, but yeah, but she knows that they're doing it. So right. I think that, yeah, that would be. Because she knows yeah. that they're doing it. So. It's I'm going to say there's an auto chef service that comes around like a, like any kind of a vending, you know, vending. Oh, yeah. Another form of vending, yeah. you know. It's just, oh, but Dallas's auto chef gets the fancy stuff because her husband's rich. So, well, yeah. Okay, extra for that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, y- you decided to write a historical. And I did, you know, I mean, all of the research that goes into that is is just phenomenal. You know, yeah. I mean, you can tell. I, I spent more time, I guess you could say I spent more time researching than actually writing the book. You would have yeah. to. Yeah. You would have to. You know, but again, as I say, readers are very smart. Yeah. And if you're, if you're a historical romance reader, and I mean, just the, um, yeah. the clothing from the time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm, my jam, I'm a man. Reader and that's about it. But, no, but yeah. I mean, I had to figure out how to dress these people. Right. 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 And when I read that um, women at the time would drink vinegar and chalk as a potion to make their skin whiter. Ew. Well, yeah. she didn't, but I'm just saying yeah. it, yeah. It, was, it was a sign of the times that you were you wanted to dress with fashion. Yeah. What's the science behind that? Because I'm not sure how that would work. <laughs> I don't know, but it was it was all part of my research. Other than making Vinegar. them very, very sick. I mean, no. Yes. It does seem. I mean, weird. I know they used to take arsenic for that same per- purpose. Mm-hmm. But yeah. That's because it made them sick, so that's why they were pale. <laughs> and one of the work, one didn't of the, it? One of the things that I didn't intend to expand on was the the uh, subject of opium, and I have nothing against the Astors of New York. They started. They developed New York in the late. 1700s 1800s right at that time period they made their money trading opium yeah and that was the early asters their relatives became wonderful in new york and they created all they've done all wonderful things in new york and then i didn't realize how much opium was used and traded especially with the opium dens in San Francisco, New York. Yeah. And um, so that part I brought in now because it, what I realized, and you, you all know, back then, anybody could buy it. Anybody right. could trade it. Yeah. You didn't go to jail. You just made no. a lot of money. A yeah. lot of money. Drug money. Yeah. And, um, so I, so I brought that out more to show people that, yeah, at one point it was legal to, to do this. And I also brought out that opium can be used in a good way. Yeah. If it's mixed with other herbs or in, in my case, it would have been herbs because it helps to relieve pain. Yeah. Well, that's what it started out as was a pain relieving drug. Right. And then people realize, oh, realize that. this is also mind altering. Oh, <laughs> but just like any, I mean, that's, we've got an opiate crisis right now because of that, you know, right. those, all those drugs are pain relievers first, but they, they're also addictive and. Right. So, um, again, I, that was something and I just, I recently brought in when I started re-editing and re-editing, re- rewriting the book because I had only briefly mentioned it, but then again, my research just sent me some in, you know, other down other roads. Right. And, um, so it's, um, 
it was it was illegal and people made tons of money. Yeah. And now people are still making tons of money, but you can get arrested. Right. But yet they've eased off for medical, you know, for, uh, for medical assistance in some way. Mm -hmm. yeah. But that drug has been around for a long, long, long time. time. Yeah. Long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and sure, it's what makes Sherlock Holmes genius. Yes. <laughs> Only cousin, Sarah were here. My cousin, actually, my aunt had never read the Sherlock Holmes books. And um, my cousin, when she was about 11, I think, she was really, really into Sherlock Holmes. But, you know, just one day at dinner, she was like, Mom, what's opium? And my aunt's like, we're... <laughs> where did you learn that word? And she's like, Sherlock Holmes takes it. <laughs> my aunt's like, maybe I should have been reading these books before I let my, my 11 year old read them. But yeah. And so I also found that, that, that in my, in my research that sailors who smoke pipes, take, they took, they do, used to take some opium and mix it with the tobacco for their pipes. Right. Yeah. And, um, Again, um, I have a couple of characters that we say um, don't use a lot. And like my, my cook I'm on the ship, he also was the semi-doctor. Right. And, um, and, and, and the Chinese were very, very smart. And they knew about herbs and all this other stuff. So if somebody needed opium in some way, shape or form, you know, he would cut it back but it was generally used as a pain reliever. Right. And uh, as I say, my research, you know, wow. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. You know, so, as my daughter says, God forbid, if the FBI shows up and looks at my computer, what I <laughs> right? <laughs> I had a, in my first U.S. Park Ranger book, I had a, I had to uh, research how to make crystal meth. Oh God! <laughs> what? And that's a little bit more relevant nowadays than opium. So yeah. yes, uh, yes. But actually, uh, again, it was an article I read that national parks are having problems with people getting lost in the yeah. woods and making crystal meth. Yeah, mm. that's crazy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Maybe, sir. Takes me on down all kinds of roads. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is it is kind of interesting, though, to think about the thing that Eve and Rourke or Eve said in the book this last time was that she's she's a cop in all alternate universes. Would Rourke be Rourke still in in all universes if Eve is still a cop? Is Rourke still a thief? It's a good question. I think she would be because it's ingrained in her that she needs to solve a problem. So if, if a situation occurred in front of her, she'd want to solve it. I think he would too, but he'd have to think really long and hard because he wouldn't have electronics. Right. But yeah. then again, he grew up in, we'll say, Ireland, that, you know, the back streets, and he knew how to fight and protect himself. So right. he's still that hero. Yeah, and he's still, he's still smart. So I don't know that he necessarily needs the gadgets to. No, you're right. Right, he does it. No, he would figure out. He would set up a con. He wouldn't need it. He wouldn't need a weapon. No, he would set up a con. Although, and you know, I posted that on Instagram, and um, somebody said something about they. If, if we're talking about the old west, they see Eve as kind of an Annie Oakley type, and um, I was saying that I kind of maybe would see even Rourke as kind of a, uh, a wild, wild west. I, I said that Eve would be Artemis Gordon to Rourke's uh, James West, but I think it's reverse. I think it's the other way because Artemis Gordon in wild, wild west, if if anybody out there ever watched wild, wild west. Exactly. And you know what? You're right. Yeah. Rourke would be Artemis Gordon. Yeah. He sure would. Because yeah. he would figure out all these little gadgets and how to do stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. Artemis Gordon was very, you know, he was an inventor. I've only yes. seen the Will yes. Smith movie. <laughs> yes, I love, I love the show. 
Well, you're missing out because the original TV I, I, series. I've seen some of the reruns. My brother used to watch Wild Wild Me West too. all the time. Yeah. So we so we sat and watched Wild Wild West together, the reruns of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So um but I didn't yeah, even there know were it always was a TV show until the movie came out. I yeah, know it, it was it was very steampunky. And yeah. Artemis Gordon was an inventor and he invented all these gadgets that they would use to, you know, solve these crimes or whatever. All right. So I went and looked um online i did a little research of my own to see like when when um women really started becoming really active in law enforcement and there were women kind of in law enforcement in in the late 1800s and i'm trying to find this this story because i i i saw this story and i thought this is so eve um (laughs) this this story where is it now i so, okay, this is the story. She, this woman, Ada Kernet, and uh, she she lives in Oklahoma Territory with her sister and her brother-in-law. It says her, her most famous arrest occurred in March of 1893 when she received a telegram from um, the U.S. Marshal uh, instructing her to send a deputy to Oklahoma City to bring in two notorious outlaws. However, the other deputies were out in the field. So Kernet stepped in. She boarded a train to Oklahoma City. Upon her arrival, asked around for inf- information on the fugitives. She soon discovered that the two men were in a saloon and quickly made her way there. Upon her arrival, she asked someone to go in and tell them that a lady needed to see them outside. When the two emerged, Ada read the warrants to them and stated that they were under arrest. Um, heavily armed, the two men laughed at the young woman and thinking it was a joke, allowed her to place handcuffs over their wrists. Uh, it was then that they began to realize that the joke was on them because she announced to the crowd that she had was prepared to deputize every man to aid her if needed in bringing these guys in. So she was 24 years old at the time. When she caught these two guys and brought them back. That's fantastic. I think that's so cool. I mean, that's a that's a very Eve thing to do. Right. But yeah, I mean, you know, uh, women in the old West were bringing in criminals right alongside guys. I love everything about that story. (laughs) It's a great story, you know, that's fabulous. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah, she's she's my new hero. Yeah. Quite smart to let them know there's two there's a late there's a lady out here who wants to see them she sucker punched them right then and there absolutely yeah. so yeah so there's been women in law enforcement for a while maybe not that at the time your book takes place um judy but um pretty close to it yeah, i did not come across any ladies in law enforcement as they say pinkerton just started mm-hmm. so as you know and they were basically the, the the detectives from then on, you know, to help the police. From what I could tell in my research, the Boston police weren't that big. I had to make sure that these the types of weapons were the right things. But by the time after the Civil War, you and I, we all know that there was any weapons were weapons. Anybody could have anything. Right. But again, late 1800s. God bless that lady. That's very cool. Like, I mean, I'd love to meet that woman. Right. Yeah. There was another woman. Same same period. 1891. Um, F.M. Miller. It's saying this this same um, uh, article is saying that uh, she was also a, a U.S. marshal helping to, you know, capture guys and bring them in. And it says, um during her tenure, she was mentioned in several newspaper articles, including the Fort Smith elevator on November 6th, 1891, that described her as a dashing brunette of charming manners. Um, the article okay. continued by stating the woman carries a pistol buckled around her and has a Winchester strapped to her saddle. She is an expert shot and a superb horsewoman and brave to the verge of recklessness. Oh, that sounds like Eve. Oh, yeah. It is said Other that she aspires to win the okay. name equal to that of Bell Star, differing from her by exerting herself to run down criminals and in the enforcement of the law. That's Eve also. 
1891. Absolutely. It's really interesting, you know, to think about even Rourke back in those days, what they would be doing. Again, part of my research, sailors are extremely superstitious and they did not want women on ships at all. And they called they actually called them Jonas. But yet we had lady lady um, pirate captains and they right. they captained their own ships. But again, these women had to prove their worth and they, you know, because they were they were in charge, giving orders. I mean, look at Eve. <laughs> she could take over a ship. She just loves to give orders and yeah. she would know what I'm sure she'd know what to do. You know, she just walks into a room and say, I'm in charge. But I don't know. Pirate ship. If she's a cop in all universes, then that, uh, you know, her captaining a pirate ship doesn't really fit. But maybe who knows? No, she could be a privateer. There you go. Because the privateers were usually the good side and, you know, either helping whatever government they want to help. But um Oh, my God. Rourke could be her first mate. Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, Rourke has his own ship. You know, he has his own ship and he is actually a pirate. And maybe Eve is uh, a privateer trying to bring him in for justice. Who knows? Well, that would have been in book one. Yeah. Because he was accused of something. Right. 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 And then after that, he's her first mate. Oh, yeah. And Somerset's the cook. Right. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And actually, Feeney would fit in in one of the books. But, you know, I didn't have a Peabody. No. Yes, I do. Oh. But she's the wife of a couple that will show up. It amazes me that no matter how many books Nora writes with even Rourke, I've never gotten bored. It's just like, how does she keep up with pulling us in? all the time yeah it just it just it boggles my mind it's really a talent that she has you know Um, and now that now that we're gonna have another baby i mean like the whole situation you know with everybody moving in together she's just created a whole new scenario of things that could happen within that new living situation right that's what I'm yeah. saying. She just she just blows my mind. Like she's my favorite, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. You, know, you said that you were you were planning on what four books this this coming year. Yes. And, See, that's uh, an Nora Roberts pace. Yes, right. she has what the two in death books, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then two, we'll say whatever she feels like writing type books. Yeah, it's usually one standalone and then one part of a series. So I'm assuming. Right. Because the standalone will be out, what, in a few weeks here, right? I think so, yeah. And then the, de- the next in depth yeah. should be September, correct? Right. Yeah. And, yep. the, next, be and then the next. The sequel, they're the next September one and February. in that, in that um, what is the series name? Yeah, the new series. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the series name. I don't know. Yeah, the next one in that. We're bad fans of Nora. Yeah, we're terrible. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's the it's the post apocalyptic one. Um, Yeah, or whatever it is. Well, the the Awakening was the first one of that series. Yeah, the Awakening was the first one, and then I'm not sure what the next one is. Well, I hope she writes it quickly. Maybe I should contact her publishers. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? I'm kidding. They'll be coming. I want to know. The Dragon Heart Legacy is the name of that series. And that's coming out that's on right. November 23rd. Okay. November? November 23rd is when the second. um, Yeah, it's usually around that time that one of the series books gets published. Yeah, it's there. It's the standalone is in the spring. And then one of the in deaths in February, usually February or March. And then September. And September. And then series is in November, December ish. The standalone is legacy then. 
Is that the standalone? No, the standalone is maybe. Because it's saying standalone. It's telling me pre-order. It's going to be released May 25th. And that's what Jen was saying. That's the next one that come out. That's the next one. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was April. This is saying May, May 25th. I'm on uh, Amazon. Oh, yeah. Like I said. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, I don't pay that attention to. How dare you? I know. Well, I know they just come to my Kindle automatically. So I'm like, oh, Nora, yay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, one of I don't know should. when anything comes out. Yeah. I know there's a new J.R. Ward coming out soon, too. And I'm like, I don't know when that's coming out. It'll just show up. I don't know when anyone's book's coming out. I really don't. I know. I knew when Judy's was because I see it all the time, but... Right. And you reminded us. Judy, this book is long. <laughs> dude. I know it is. For one of your books, it it's was long. Yes. Very it much. It started out at 176,000 words, but this one is 140,000. Yeah. I was like, I opened it and it said like, I think it's like what, 515 pages or something. And I'm like, holy yeah. crap, that is long for a Judy Kendrick book. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, but it's a bargain at three ninety nine, y'all. Go get it on Kindle. You know, I mean, somebody said to me, she says they said, "Oh, you're putting it out too cheap." I said, "No." I said, "I want people to read it." Right. And, you know, with the with, with the pandemic, like my son in law has been out of work for a year. Yeah, a year. Yeah, a lot of so, people have been. You know, it, it's been. I mean, it's been rough, but as I say. You know, um, I hope I just want them to buy it. And um, as they say, it's a lot longer than the normal book. And um, <clears throat> I love it. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that, it's fantastic. I like a long book, but I was just surprised when I got it. I was like, holy, what? <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to be able to read this in a day and a half like I normally do with Judy's books. Right. No, really. Uh, like my association series, um, that's all uh, uh, romantic suspense. Mm-hmm. The largest book in that one is 100,000 words. Right. And the others are only 80. Yeah. And, you know, it's and you have to solve the murder. You solve the, the murder happens in the book one and it ends in book four. Right. You mm-hmm. have to read all four books. Right. And um but again, that was four books in one year because I kept popping them out every three months yep. because I got people like, are you crazy? You left this with a cliffhanger. But I mean, it was you know, it was just the murder. Right. But they are individual standalone books. Right. Next year, I'm going to do um, four books and all they are going to take place in Beacon Point where the association is. If you've been to Cape May, New Jersey. Jen, have you been to Cape May? I have not. No, I've actually never been to New Jersey. Okay, well, I know that's right. I haven't either. So I've been to. I've been to upstate. I've never been to New York City. I've been to upstate New York. I've been to. I've been to uh, Cooperstown. Obviously, you know, gotta go to Cooperstown. I love. I I love that. That's amazing. Amazing. Yep, and I've been to, you know, most of New England. I've been Boston, Maine, up the East Coast, but never gone to, never been to New York or New Jersey, or like New York City, New Jersey. So, Tara says we have to go to New York. She's going to drag us along for podcast and death does New York one of these days. So, you know what? We'll get there. You, you really should go because the Flatiron building that they talk about in one of the yeah. books, it's still there. Yeah. And yeah, I'd love to go. I just never, it's just, I've never gone. I was very, actually very upset. My, (laughs) when I was in high school, so every four years, our band did this big, huge trip, right? When I was a senior was when the trip fell, because it was, like I said, it was every four years. So everybody got to go once, right? So when we went, we went to Washington, D.C., and, you know, my whole class, we tried to convince our band director. We're like, let's go somewhere like New York or, you know, Disney or something cool like that. Why are we going to Washington, D.C.? Well, we always go to Washington, D.C. And, you know, why change it? We've got the trip all planned. It's all great. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a tradition. We go to Washington, D.C. The very next freaking trip was my brother's trip. Right. 
Where'd they go? Freaking New York. <laughs> pissed. Like, are you kidding yeah. me with this? <laughs> like, this is not fair. You couldn't go with them and like be an advisor. I was in college. I couldn't. Well, I was mad though. I was like, Mr. Hilliard? I don't know. Well, two hours, New York is two hours away from me. If you ever get this way, yeah. I mean, we try. You we try to re- podcast or death? Yeah, we're going to yeah. be doing a U.S. tour, apparently. Apparently, yeah. We're going to Chicago, too. Chicago and Texas. In Texas, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. And, um, but, I mean, we've been, her and I have been trying to reach, get together in Frankenmuth. How many yes. times? Yes. And that never happened. I know. Yes, that can be another one of our places that we go. We'll go. We'll take care of Frankenmuth. Magical Frankenmuth, Michigan. Oh, yep. you have to go. <laughs> Got to go to the cheese house. See Klaus the mouse. Yes. She sent, she sent me the, to the right place to get the wine and the cheese. Yep. yep. <laughs> it is okay, I will go to Frankenmuth only if you world. come out here and go to, uh, to Disneyland. Of course. And to do wine country out here. That would be amazing. And actually, the the one book that I want to write this year is called The Days of Wine and Murder. Mm. (laughs) So I've got to do a little bit more research on wine and and vineyards and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, if I could work in a trip to California to go to the vineyard, I've got to see you, AJ. Absolutely. Yeah, because we got a huge, I mean, uh, T- Temecula is a big um, wine uh, area in this, in this, and it's only maybe a half hour from me. So we go wow. there all the time. But uh, yeah, there's vineyards all over the place. So <sighs> yep, we're going to have to do that, that podcast and death world tour, world or tour. at least yeah. the uh, U.S. tour. US tour. Yeah, that would, that would be amazing. really be amazing. we need more patreon members to send us on this yeah (laughs) yeah we're gonna have to ask for more patrons we need more money y'all send us on these trips (laughs) (laughs) and we might even have to stop in oklahoma and um yeah absolutely these places that we need to go see definitely Anywho, okay, so um, so again, Judy, your book is out right now. Yes, it's called Spirit of the Winds, and right. it's about the launch of a clipper ship, and it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Kobo, uh, all the platforms. And uh, as they say, if anybody anybody reads it, I hope they'll just post some kind of a review because they it's all help. So far, yeah. I haven't gotten too far into it because it's long, like I mentioned. But yeah. <laughs> no, and I know it. I know it's it's long, but um, it's a very it's a full story. Yeah, believe me, for sure. And oh, your, your books are always great, Judy. And um, people have been telling me that the one lady, <laughs> she said that there were so many twists and turns in the story, she got whiplash. Mm. <laughs> so many things were happening that she never expected and well right. that's why I write I just can't help it you know these ideas pop into my head and like oh no that's not gonna happen and anybody who knows me says and if I make a statement they'll say uh-uh no that's not gonna happen she's gonna do something else it's the truth I do <laughs> that's, that's why I like to you know yeah that's why I love to write romantic suspense Absolutely. I really do I couldn't help with this one. Yeah. Yeah, great. Uh, so you and you got a whole back catalog that people can can yes, buy and, and read and all my books are on if you uh, go to um Judy Kentris, JudyKentris.com. All my uh, books are up there and if you want to read what they're about, it's a second page in. But um, you know, join my website and you can sign up for it via my uh uh, my newsletter form is right there. So it's judycantress.com. I have um, a very, very soft spot for Judy's original series. Just FYI, you might find a character you, <laughs> you know, recognize in that uh, one. <laughs> oh, excuse 
You are a star in that book. I am. There you go. <laughs> I am. She's in two books. I am. You're in two books. I am. Because I loved you in the first one. I said, I says, I says, Jen's got to get her own book. You gave me my and, own um, book and my own name. You're in the- <laughs> and, um, it's the Beacon Point book. Coming out. Yes, in the next book, the next book coming out in July is called Tastes of Summer. T a s t e s, and it's about a, a summer events, and it's in um, in um, Eden Prairie, where Jen's book take place took place. Oh, is she going to make an appearance? Oh, I can make that happen big time. <laughs> there you you're go. You're, you're coming back for this big event. <laughs> with your twins. All right. Yay, with my twins, yes. Yay. She has, she has twin boys. So exciting. Okay, so you'll all see Jen in that book. That's in July? Yeah, it's called Tastes of Summer. And it'll be up on my website. It's, it's, it's written, but... Um, actually, I'm in, uh, interviewing one other person tomorrow to get some input on uh, on some things that are going to be in the book. Okay. Awesome. But uh, you'll be back. You'll be back in that one. Look at her. So excited. <laughs> She's very excited. I am. Just makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll see Jen's brash character in that. Yes. I want to thank you guys for having me again. I love visiting with you. Well, and uh, thank you for being on. Pleasure. Yeah. Let's see. When did we meet? How long ago? With that index oh, wow. night? 20 years? Uh, it wasn't that long. No, maybe 15? 15? Site, the site opened in 2002. Um, yeah. I don't know when you joined. I can't yeah, remember. I was one of the one of the, one of the, the the instrumental numbers of right. joining. So when everybody joined on, you had a number, right? right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, mine was only a double digit. I mean, so yeah, maybe it was almost twenty years. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't that know. seems crazy, yeah, but yeah, Dang. twenty years. <laughs> oh my god! But That's it was nuts. Fun. I love, we loved it. We loved it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I miss it sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, I, I understand that too. But, you know, I mean, that's one of the reasons why this podcast is here, you know? So, oh, wait a minute. We forgot something. What? Judy didn't answer this, the fan questions. Oh, yes. That's we have to what do we're going to do. What in the world? How do we forget this? I don't know. Susan Erickson answered the fan question. So obviously Judy has to answer the fan questions. Um, all right. So we're going to start out with um, favorite in-depth book. Well, I have to tell you, I still love number one because it's a book that sucked me in. Right. And I'm, I mean, I've, loved, I've read every one. Um, I, I guess I guess number one because I just it, it pulled me in first. But I've there read every one. I've read every one twice, three times. I have the I have the audio right. <laughs> and the printed book. Right. So and the hardcovers. But you know, what can I say? I'm nuts. Yeah. Well, I mean, join the club. It's a proud promise. Yeah. <laughs> um, so besides Eve and Rourke, who's your favorite character in death character? Dr. Mirror. <laughs> oh, okay. I love her. That's I love Dr. Mirror. She's great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No judgment here at all. None. Not a bet. Okay. Question number three, not counting any in death books. What was the last book you read? Um, it was called um, Breathe which is about, it's a new series about a new winery uh, by Lucinda, Lucinda Race. Okay. So question number four, you could say that in the in-death world, Rourke has a monopoly on several things. When you play Monopoly, what piece do you choose? Hotels. <laughs> That's not a Monopoly piece. 
What would I want? What that? What piece do you choose for? Uh, you know, your piece to to move around the board. The car. With the car or the little the car. Okay. Yeah. And I uh, want to buy up hotels. Well, well yeah. everybody does. Yeah. We all have a little bit of Rourke in us. Um, question number five. We know from Immortal that Rourke sings in the shower. Do you sing in the shower? No. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I don't That's have fine. time. I need to get in and get out. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, question number six. What gadget from the in-death world would you most want to have today? The auto chef. Mm, yeah same i'm like over here riding solo with my drive tube right that's <laughs> like fine everybody i think so far has answered auto chef well caitlin like, said flying cars <laughs> caitlin said flying cars so oh that's right caitlin did say flying cars yeah okay question number seven what is your most controversial opinion let's say um because now, I mean, I don't want to insult anybody, but because of the situation with COVID, I don't think they're getting out the drug fast enough. I mean, I don't think, yeah. I don't think that's controversial. I think that's true. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've seen where people who are younger are being denied who have, um, um, they're they're ill in some way, shape, or form. They're being denied because of their age. Mm. They, they should be getting yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen others that claim they have a problem, and they're believed, and they get the, the you know they get the vaccine. So I mean, I have a problem with you know being the way they're distributing it to people who really need it. Okay. Yeah. Question number eight. Rourke has an unusual collection of weapons of war. What unusual collection do you have? I collect Lennox dolls. Oh, Eve would hate you. Oh, I'm sure she would, <laughs> she would use them for target practice. <laughs> that is true, man. Okay. Uh, question number nine. Occasionally... Eve will allow Peabody to stop for food, and more often than not, that is some sort of hot dog. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Mm, no. Thank you! <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> and not, in my opinion, it's not. It is not a sandwich. That is, no. a, that is an objective fact. It is not an opinion. Well, Susan Erickson <laughs> says it is, so... Well, she's wrong. So. <laughs> All right. So question number 10, what lessons are you taking away from 2020? I truly believe that we have learned to adapt to a situation that affected everybody in this whole world. But in some way, shape or form, we've survived because we've had to adapt to a different way of doing things. And I believe it's not going to go away. We've ha all learned how to do something, you know, something in a different way. And um, I guess I've learned to adapt even more than what I've ever had to do. That's a great answer. That's a really great answer. Yeah. Um. If Mira's playlist contained some songs from Mavis Freestone, some people might be surprised. What band or artist would people be most surprised to find on your playlist? Um, I really see. hope she says Hanson. <laughs> I mean, I will tell you that I have an eclectic taste. It goes from... We'll say from Barry Manilow to um, yeah. Queen. Right. Yeah. I'll yeah. go with Queen. <laughs> Queen? Yeah. I feel like that's not controversial, but yeah. I mean, you know, sure. You I look mean, like a Queen person think, to me. I don't think Mavis would go for Barry Manilow. Really. Well, she, she, she might. She might. She might. She, she, she might be out there saying about Lola. 
She might, yeah, she might do her own. I can totally see Mavis doing a version of Copacabana. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and then I say, and then, I mean, I've got country Western, so it goes from all, the spectrum is wide. Right. It depends on my yeah. mood. That's how mine is too. Yeah. Right now I'm into home free, a cappella. Oh my right. God. Right. I, I love them. Yeah. You know, who knows what's coming out six months from now. True. Exactly. Okay. So besides podcast and death, do you have a favorite podcast or do you listen to other podcasts no just yours because the, because the others annoy me <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be another podcast am, out there that's not, not mentioning any names <laughs> <laughs> okay Love well that's it. it for our fan questions then yeah. okay yeah because we're not great. we're not asking you the the last question we asked susan erickson because i decided that can't do that. Can't do that to people. I think you need to ask Judy that question. <laughs> what? Uh, what, you know, that Rourke's illegal activity has been wiped from his um, per- permanent record. Right. Uh, what illegal activity would you need wiped from your permanent record? <laughs> the stuff that somebody's going to find on my computer. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Judy's got work coming over to get rid of all her opium searching and right. Oh my god! No, really? And, yeah. I mean, the stuff in the ser- if they looked at my search engine, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're a writer, so they'll you get a pass. Absolutely yeah, right. I mean, you know, and nowadays I hope so. No, nowadays they accuse me of trying to set up the perfect murder. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Don't worry, no we'll be out of jail, Judy. It's fine. Yeah. We gotcha. <laughs> Unless they haul us in for being accomplices. Then we're screwed. Well, Jen does know where to hide a body. Just I do. FYI. I do. Oh, so do I. I live next to a <laughs> See, I'm not the only one. How come I'm not how come I'm the only person that doesn't know where to hide a body? I live right next to the Delaware Water Gap National Forest Reserve. There you go. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, you've been on, see, you've been on 75. You've been on the highways in Michigan, right? Oh, yeah. So there's, a, you know how it's it's all like double highways, but they've got the median filled with forests. Yes. Nobody goes in there. That's oh. where you dump a body. <clears throat> Nobody no, goes in there. It would attract too much, too many flies, dead flies. I still don't think anybody would go in there to see. So it, it would decompose. But then again, It'd if they fine. use body parts, they could do a little at a time. There you go. <laughs> I, I, don't feel, I don't feel it's comfortable with you. I don't feel comfortable with you planning a murder right now on this on this podcast, if I can be quite honest with you. You got to dismember and just toss up an arm and a leg here and there. <laughs> the window, the well, you know, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> I'm really not planning to murder anybody. I swear. I swear. Okay. There's nobody really that I want to kill right now. All right. If you say so. Okay, so let's end this podcast. Um, I just want to tell people um, if they want to uh be a patron we would certainly appreciate that go to patreon.com and uh, you can become a patron it's only four bucks a month and you get an extra episode every week our briefing room episode is what you would get if you're a member or if you're a patron you also get this show one day ahead of time if i get it finished one day ahead of time i will put it out on patreon uh one day ahead of time and you'll get it then you'll get it early um, and we're trying so to think of some other content to put on there too. We'll get yeah. there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, you know, we really would like some uh, more reviews. If you can't be a patron, go wherever you're listening to this show, go on there and give us a five star review and uh, review us, and that would really help. 
Um, if you need to get a hold of us, you can send an email to show at podcastanddeath.com or you can go to our website, podcastanddeath.com. You can search for us on social media. We're on Instagram and uh, Twitter as Podcast in Death. Or you can call the number. <laughs> um, the number is 205-476-2753. That is 2054-ROARC. Let's call the number if you want to tell us anything. Number. Call the number. Hey, and I think that's it. So, um, thanks to Judy for being our guest yeah, on this show. Thank you so show. much for having me. And uh, next week, I don't know. Next week, are we doing? Next week is interlude, I believe. Or we were doing interlude next week. I think okay. so, yeah. We're talking about interlude in death next week. So, <laughs> I've already read it. I've already we're reread so it. And I can't, I don't remember. It's, it's so great. I know. I forgot. It's my favorite novella. It's always been. It's great. Yeah. It's a great story. So I can't. Good. I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. So okay, that's next week. Um, so until then, for podcast and death, this is AJ. This is Jen. And we Night. will see you next week. Yeah. Oh, that's Judy. <laughs> and Tara is someplace on the road between. Yes, we missed Philadelphia Tara and Ohio. Someplace I don't know, but hey, Tara. Tara says goodbye to all of you this week. No, she's and, just uh, extra anyway. It doesn't matter. Yep. So. Nobody missed her. <laughs> we missed her. Oh, we totally did. We totally missed we her. We missed her. Yes. All of our people missed her. <laughs> just if you really missed Tara a lot this week, go to go to Basic Snitches and I'm sure yeah. she'll make that one. I'm sure she'll make that I'm podcast. I'm sure she'll make Basic Snitches. Yeah. You know, obviously we're not a priority, but that one probably is. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Fucking Adam. Anyway, okay, that's it. (laughs) We will see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Podcast in Death. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Podcast in Death is hosted by Amy Ryan, Jen Terpstra, and Tara Corkery, and is edited and produced by Amy Ryan. The opinions expressed on this show are for entertainment purposes only, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the in-death fandom at large. Podcast in Death is not in any way affiliated with Nora Roberts, Berkeley, Penguin Publishing Group, or St. Martin's Press. Our theme song is Justice Never Sleeps by Cosmo and is available on Shutterstock.com. This podcast and all of our previous podcasts are available at podcastindeath.com. Have something to say? You can email us at show at podcastindeath.com or find us on social media by searching for Podcast in Death on Twitter and Instagram. But no, we don't have a Facebook page. Also, you can call us and leave a message at 205-4-ROARC. That's 205, the number 4, ROARC. Thanks again for listening. And in the immortal words of Brian Kelly, fucking slant you to you. <laughs> <laughs>